So in this in this book for the fall session, we will start by inspecting the fourfold mindfulness, uh, which are in our next slide. We contemplate that the body as impure, contemplate all feelings as sufferings, contemplate the mind as impermanent, and contemplate all things as having no self. Let's start from the top. What does it mean that our body is impure? I'm sure each one of us showered and bathed daily, or at least I do. Um, amidst, and amidst the uh, pandemic, we wash our hands like 20 times a day or drench them in hand sanitizers many, many times a day. Like my hands are actually dry and cracking right now because of all that hand washing and hand sanitizing. So if Purell doesn't work, then how do we purify ourselves? Um, as the text in the in the chapter states, we humans only have a few decades to live in this world. And each moment that we spent fretting over things that are out of our control is a moment that we could have spent to make a difference, uh, make a change. As we learn more about ourselves, we understand what makes us happy or sad, what makes us joyful or angry. And we learn to control our thoughts to keep us in a calm and steady state. So even though our physical bodies are impure, we can still make good use of it to further our spiritual practice and benefit our society. So we may discover the intrinsic treasures that, are, that lies within us. And from there, we make our bodies pure. And speaking of purifying our bodies, who better to share about that than our next presenter, Hui Yingqing. Uh, Sister Huiying has been learning about the practice of Chinese medicine, harnessing the power of nature and using our intrinsic abilities to heal, to make us whole. So let's hear her perspective on how to make ourselves pure again. Sister Huiying, please go ahead. Hi everyone, I'm based in Boston. It's great to have this opportunity to share with you. So I, I study acupuncture and traditional Chinese medicine and ancestral healing methods using intuitive family constellation work. If people are curious about that, we can talk offline. But yeah, today to, to think about the body and what is a pure body and like how do we contemplate our physical body and our relationship to our body, I'd like to share a story that Master Cheng Yan has told before about Ananda. Some of you may know Ananda is the main attendant for the Buddha in the later half of his life when the Buddha was alive. So Ananda is a very dignified, very good looking, very kind and very accomplished practitioner. So in this story that happened during the Buddha's lifetime, he met a young girl and it was love at first sight for her. She literally fell in love with Ananda and told her mother, I will die if I cannot marry Ananda please help me marry Ananda. So the mother loves her daughter so much. So they did a trick and like hypnotized and like did some curse and got Ananda to be kidnapped in, in their house. So the other practitioners couldn't find Ananda. So everyone panicked. They called the Buddha and said like, Buddha, Buddha, we lost Ananda. We have to go find him. We have to go rescue him. He's been kidnapped. So the Buddha patiently and kindly went to see this young girl and asked her, you love Ananda so much. What do you like about him? So she says, Ananda is the most beautiful, perfect person I've ever met. He is so good looking. I love every part of him. Every cell of him, I really, really love. Please let me marry Ananda. So she begged and begged and said how much she loves Ananda. So the Buddha said, wow, that is such a deep love. If you can do this one task for me, I will let you guys marry with Ananda's consent. So 
So he gave her a task. So he told Ananda, Ananda, here's a bucket. I want you to wash yourself and keep the water in this bucket and come back to me. So Ananda took a quick shower and came back with his shower water. Guess what the Buddha asked the young girl? He said, you love Ananda so much. Just take a little drink out of this bucket of water. That will prove how much you love all of Ananda. And the, the young girl was like, this is gross. Why would I ever drink someone's shower water? And then the Buddha said, but you just said you love this man, every part of him. Why can't you even drink a little sip of his shower water? So this is just a, a, a short story, right? So in, in, in the story, it goes that the young woman realized how deluded she was. She was just attracted to the appearance of Ananda. She has forgotten that the human body is really um, impure. Even just the shower water of someone after a long day of work is so gross that you can't imagine eating it, touching it, or even like looking at it after a while. So, so she was moved and she became also a fellow practitioner and chose the spiritual path instead of being obsessed in her romantic love for Ananda. So that's the story in the Buddhist Sutra. And there's another joke that I heard from a Vipassana teacher, a meditation teacher. The teacher said, when people are in love, they say, oh, my beloved, your hair is so beautiful. It's like silk when I see it on your hair. So beautiful. And your teeth are so beautiful, like pearls in your mouth. I can look at them all day. And then the teacher said, what would happen if you imagine their hair falling into your soup? One of their teeth falling out and you found it in your soup. Would you still think that it's pearl? It's silk in your food? No, everyone would be grossed out. Like, why is your hair in my food? Why is your tooth in my food? So just imagining that, we realize that the human body, as it looks when, when we're healthy, when we're young, when we take care of it, when we clean it, it's really beautiful and pleasant. But when people become sick, when we become old, when particles just, you know, fall out of our body, just fall into our food or like just into a plate. Like if you're not a biologist or a scientist, you're not used to like dealing with the human impurities, you'll find it very disgusting. You wouldn't want, really want to see it or touch it. So it's just an exercise to invite people to think about how our body is really just an illusion, a temporary appearance. But the industry of cosmetics, beauty, entertainment, it's so expensive and so unsustainable. People spend so much money chasing fast fashion, putting so much chemicals on their faces just to look beautiful and look younger for a couple more years. But what the Buddha and Master Chengyan invites us to think about is what do we do with our body if it's so temporary? We can use it as a vessel. We should see our body as a temple, as a tool for us to serve, as a tool for us to grow our wisdom life and to learn and to get to know other humans and like other animals and just enjoy the human experience as a way to learn and practice instead of being obsessed and like attached to the idea that I want to look forever young, forever beautiful, forever clean, forever perfect, because it is impossible. Every part of the human body, our orifices, we will shed skin cells, the skin cells recycle and like regrow every 24 hours. Eventually we'll We'll, we'll become dirty. We'll need to wash ourselves and treat ourselves and exercise and, and do different things to maintain this vessel just so that it doesn't stink and then doesn't gross out the next person next to us. So this is the first contemplation in the four truth. And in some Buddhist practitioners practice, they actually go into the graveyards 
to look at the bodies. And especially in Siji after disaster relief, some first line, frontline people will know you can smell the dead bodies in the first week after a huge disaster. And the human body really decomposes very fast. And as the internal organs decomposes, people that study autopsy and different things, if you, if you watch CSI, you know that you know, the, the inner organs really rot and then the whole body collapses and people literally just become a pile of liquid in the skin bag. So Chinese people say that we're just really a stinky bag of cells and we're just a stinky bag of liquid. And why do we, why do we attach so much to our body and what can we do with our body? to make it actually meaningful and not just obsess over this temporary physical vessel that we have to experience the human experience. So that's my invitation. Sorry about the gross image, but the next time you think you really love someone, ask yourself, can you really drink their shower water? Maybe not. So maybe there are other ways to, to express love and kindness, but yeah, to attach our, like our, emotions to the physical body is really, really unwise. And of course, we still have to take care of our body because it is a vessel for practice. So really be mindful of how you relate to your body. Do you love your body as it is? Do you take care of it for a greater intention and not just for beauty? And when you eat food, do you honor the food and the energy that Mother Nature gives you to support you and sustain your vessel for practice for the human experience? So I invite people to think about that and like really enjoy receiving the energy of all communities and like all the people involved that makes the food possible and the process possible. So that is my sharing on like the contemplation of the body. Thank you. Thank you, Sister Hui, for, for the very insightful uh, sharing. And it's indeed our using our body, our physical being and to do things that transcend beyond our physical our physical beings um, to cultivate ourselves so that we are more able to serve others, to help others. I think that's, that's the, uh, the true practice of making ourselves pure again.